Hi, everyone. Thanks for checking out the Thrive Podcast. We are the Young Adult Ministry at Maranatha Bible Church, and we meet on Wednesdays at 730 in our Family Life Center. If you enjoy this podcast, we'd love for you to post it to your Instagram story and tag us at NBC Thrive on Instagram. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy. Lord, it says in your word that we should trust in the Lord with our whole heart and lean not on our own understandings, but in all our ways acknowledge you and you will make straight our paths. God, I pray that whoever is in here tonight and struggling with a situation, a decision, that we would be reminded that you make straight lines with crooked sticks and you take our messed up lives and you get us right where you want us to be, that you are sovereign over us, that we would trust you with whatever scenario, whatever situation we have, God. And for the next couple of moments, would you speak to us, would you minister to us, and would your word do only what it can do? And we pray this in your name. Amen. You guys can take a seat. Uh, Take your Bibles and turn to Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1, if you're new um, to the Bible, it's smack dab right in the middle. Um, I had the opportunity, um, or have had the opportunity, to only meet one of my grandpas. Uh, my other grandpa, I, had, I did not have the opportunity to meet him. He actually, he died in, 19, in July 1983, um, and on his tombstone says, the dead in Christ will rise first, will you rise with him? My dad just sent me a picture this last week, um, and right before uh, he died, six months leading up to his death, or six, yeah, six months leading up to his death, Um, was when he accepted Christ as his Lord and Savior. My dad got to lead him to the Lord. Six months later, he walked out of the bathroom. He was washing his hands after uh, work, and he just dropped right on the floor, had a heart attack, died. I think he was 63 years old. Never got to meet him. And the only thing that I have um, from him is stories that other people have told. Um, If I have the opportunity to meet someone who knew, uh, as they would say, Grandpa Duma, I will get some type of reactions from him because from what I hear, he was 10 times more wild than my dad, he was crazier than my dad, and he puts any of us in the dust as far as how crazy he was. He had certain habits, my dad said. Every day he would get home from work. They would work around 12, 14-hour shifts. They killed cows and pigs and stuff like that. Anyway, longer story. He would get home. He would smoke a cigar. He would take a shot of whiskey, and then he would sit on the front porch, and he would just watch the cars go by. He would reflect on the day, and they would have conversations. And sometimes, if I'm lucky enough, I'll ask and say, what are the things that he would say? What are things that he would, what, what advice would he give? Because for any of you, um, you would know that someone, or, or most of the time, someone older than you has more advice or has better advice than, than you do. Someone who has lived longer and not just lived longer, not just because somebody's old doesn't make them wise. You can be old and really dumb, okay? I want to be very clear. You can, just because you are a certain age, that doesn't mean anything. A lot of you know 20-year-olds that act like 12-year-olds, right? And they'll, they'll stay 12 until, you know, they go home. So anyway, um, there, are, there are people that are in your life that are smarter than you, wiser than you, have more experience than you, not just because they're old, gray-haired, you know, you fill in the blank, grandpas, grandmas, but they have intentionally lived a certain way. They did not get to where they are on accident. You will not, you will not grow old 
following Christ with someone else, get to the end of your life content, fulfilled with a purpose on accident. It does not happen. You don't just click your fingers, blink, the next thing you know, you're old, you love someone, you stayed faithful in your marriage, you stayed faithful following Christ, and just accidentally you have a lot of wisdom or advice. It does not happen that way. It's intentional, it's purposeful, and it has a meaning behind it. And there are some older people that you would know when you talk to them, no matter how slow they talk. I don't know why that is the number one. I mean, I have to really, I put my hand, if my hands are behind my back and I'm talking to someone old, you know, I'm like, I, I want them to speed up. I'm like, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. And they're giving advice and I'm listening to the advice and you're trying to take it in because you know, hey, there's something important here being said. And in the book of Proverbs, for the next, even tonight, the majority of tonight, is it hot in this room or am I just sweating like a savage? Oh, my word. So anyway, um, the window will make it worse, so we'll just have to, you know, get a towel. Anyway, someone give me a towel. No, I'm just kidding. Um, That when in the book of Proverbs tonight and for the next uh, five weeks, we're going to look at tonight wisdom in general. I'll jump out of Proverbs at the end. Next week, we're going to talk about how to discern God's will and God's leading. We're going to talk about our words. We're going to talk about money and finance and being diligent in work and saving and spending and all that kind of stuff towards the end. But tonight is more of an introduction, but also just to wisdom in general. So before we get to Proverbs, I want us, I want to introduce us to our grandpa. Um, Our grandpa is actually in the Bible. Uh, His name, or it's not his name, it's not grandpa, but we'll call him uh, Grandpa Solomon just for the sake of the series. I think that'll be fun. But anyway, um, there is this guy, Solomon, in the Bible. The Lord appeared to Solomon and he asked him, what shall I give you? If God, don't read the rest, if God were to show up in your life and said, what do you want? What would you want? Money? Whatever, a healed foot, okay, healing, maybe God does want that, we'll pray for that foot tonight. Uh, what, does, what else would you pray for? What about a spouse? You want direction? God says, seriously, think about it. If he says, what shall I give you? That's a big ask. How many of you would just want to know where you're going to be in five years? Yeah, I like that one. I'm like, just show me where I'm going to be. So God shows up to this guy, audible voice, Solomon, what do you want? And this is what he says. Give your servant, he's talking about himself, an understanding mind that I may discern between good and evil. It pleased the Lord that Solomon asked this, and God said to him, because you have asked this, I now do according to your word, Behold, I give you a wise and under, a wise and discerning mind. I give you also what you have not asked, both riches and honor. God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding beyond measure, so that Solomon's wisdom surpassed the wisdom of all people, for he was wiser than any other. Now, the kicker, the kicker, is not that you ask God for wisdom and he's going to give you money and pleasure and wives and all this type of stuff. It's not what is necessarily taught here. What is taught here is that when, you, when God gives you the opportunity to ask something and you ask according to his will, not your will, he will answer you. That he responds and he blesses Solomon within this and he says, I'm not just going to give you what you asked for, but I'm going to bless you. And this guy's wisdom was insane. People paid money, I mean big money, to simply come and listen to him. 
Uh, there's a story about this lady, the queen of Sheba, paid an, an enormous amount of money simply to come and talk to this guy. This guy, Solomon, his TikTok had more followers than, I mean, I don't even know who's the most famous right now, would blow them out of the dust. Uh, any kind of money, I mean, according to Bill Gates, wherever the richest guy is, whatever, uh, Jeff Bezos, who, any of these guys, he would put them in the dust. I mean, if we had a chart to compare, his net worth would be over $2 trillion. He is wise, he is rich, he has fame. I mean, his YouTube channel's exploding. Anything he touches blows up. This guy is next level wise, understanding. You would, people would show up just to listen to him, and if they got to pay enough money, they got to ask him a question. Aren't there some people that you would pay money to have a conversation with? Come on, don't do something like, ah, I'm not that weird. No, you are. You, you watch their Instagram, their TikTok, you're like, I'll, I'll send them a message and maybe they'll reply. Right? You're like, and I'll just, and I, you guys do this. You, uh, uh, you started off with, I don't know if you'll see this, but, and you send it. Someone's, a lot of you have done that. You're like, oh, I, I, I don't know how he knew. Um, so you, 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 you resonate with this. Uh, and I, I need to make sure I'm not, I, we need to get to Proverbs. There are two lessons that I would like to at least point out from this uh, and from this guy, Solomon. <clears throat> he is smart, he's wise, he at least has some understanding of God, he knows situations, he almost can look into a crystal ball and make a decision. He's probably got a magic eight ball from God that he can find answers out. And here's what's crazy about Solomon. A great start did not mean a strong finish. A great start does not always mean a strong finish. How many Browns fans in this room? Yeah, you know, you know, and, and, and I'm very optimistic, but I have wounds that will make me watch games, and I'm like, eh, we are up by 30 with two minutes left. I don't know, right? I, I just, I don't know, right? You, it doesn't mean a strong finish. A great, and Solomon starts out really great, has good intentions. His college years, he was probably on fire for Christ. He probably had good intentions get going out of college. He probably had decent friends. I mean, you know where I'm going. A great start does not mean a strong finish. There was a guy um, that I got out of Bible college in my first year. I was 20, and I was working with him. He was 32. We went to the same Bible college. At that point in his life, his life had totally fallen off the rails. I mean, totally fallen off the rails, had no desire to follow Christ, no desire to go to church, no desire to please the Lord. And when he was in his mid-20s or, you know, early 20s, this guy was next-level passionate. I mean, next-level passionate, served, couldn't get this guy out of the church, couldn't get him to not lead a Bible study. It was insane with how much knowledge he had. And I remember one day mustering up the courage to ask him this question. And I still, still know him to this day. I said, hey, can you tell me what happened? Can you tell me what happened? I thought you used to want to serve God. I thought you had a desire to serve God. I, what happened, man? And he, he quoted to me 1 Corinthians 10, 12. Therefore, if anyone thinks he stands, take heed lest ye fall. And he said, I was very arrogant, I was very prideful, and literally his heart had become extremely hard. You see, we can have a hard heart or a soft heart toward God. When you have a hard heart, God treats you like Pharaoh. He sends warnings, he sends plagues, and eventually he'll take the thing you love the most to send you a warning. 
If you have a soft heart, God can speak to you and you can listen to him and not just listen and know the verse and know the reference, but apply it. A great start does not always mean a strong finish. The second lesson from this guy is don't make conclusions based off of perception. It is easy to look at someone's life, just the highlight reels, and compare what you don't have, what they have, where they are, how old you are, how far you should be, um, what it looks like they have, they're smarter than you, or you, you'll always, you're constantly comparing to other people. If you compare to Solomon, this guy had Bible knowledge like no one's business. He knew what was right. The problem was he could not get it to his heart. He just couldn't get it there. Knew he shouldn't have been screwing around with all these women. He just couldn't, couldn't stop. He knew he should have listened to the Lord. He knew he shouldn't sacrifice in high places. He just couldn't listen. He just did whatever he wanted to do, and it led him at the end of his life reflecting on, man, I've really made some massive mistakes. Don't make a, a conclusion based off of perception, and don't compare, because as we said a few weeks ago, blessing doesn't always equal God's blessing. It doesn't always mean his approval just because in our term someone is blessed. Don't make that type of conclusion. Now, to get to the book of Proverbs, real quick, we're going to be in Proverbs chapter 1. I'm going to work through a few uh, first two chapters, kind of. Proverbs is, are the short, pithy statements. It's hard to preach the book of Proverbs because they are Proverbs, they are not promises. But they are promises and what they are saying with wisdom. It's kind of tricky. It's kind of weird. You can't just dogmatically say certain things out of Proverbs because it is usually a proverb. It says in Proverbs uh, 15.1 that a soft answer turns away wrath. Have you ever responded quietly to someone and they screamed at you? Yeah, yeah, some of you it was me. And so you, you were like, that proverb is a proverb. It's probably true most of the time. It's not a promise. So you have to be careful when we go to the proverbs. Solomon wrote over 3,000 different proverbs or short, pithy statements. Sometimes it's a couple verses long, sometimes just one. And we're going to try to take the wisdom that Solomon has as our grandpa or coffee with him. If you could have a conversation with him, what are some things he would say to you? Because you and I have to stay in the mode constantly that you and I do not know everything. I'm going to say it again. You and I do not know everything. You just don't know. And when you think you know, most of the time it's when you, some, you're deceiving yourself, you're lying to yourself, you're tricking yourself. The moment you feel elevated where you're like, man, I just, I got my crap together. I mean, look at these scrubs around me at 18. Look, just, I mean, and, and when you start to do that, I mean, it, it talks about in Proverbs 6 how the number one thing that God hates is pride. It can deceive. It's not a pride is, or humility is not a goal or a uh, finish line you get to. It's a journey you're always on. You're always on. So in Proverbs, we have to stay in that mindset. So the first thing is wisdom. Wisdom often often, uh, I'll skip this, I'll come back to that. Wisdom often is obvious. It says in Proverbs 1, 20 and 21, wisdom cries aloud in the streets. In the markets, she, referring to wisdom, raises her voice. At the head of the noisy streets, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gate, she speaks. Wisdom cries in the streets. And here is what Solomon is teaching that sometimes wisdom is extremely 
obvious and it's smacking you right in the face. It says in James 1 verses 5, verse 5 and 6, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. And if he asks in faith, God will what? Give to him generously without reproach. But if you ask with doubt, you're like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. If you do not have wisdom, if you're not sure what to do with what you need to do, it's probably because you have not asked God. You have asked someone who is similar to you, your sibling, or you're asking someone to get an answer that you would like. Now, what are things that you would need wisdom for? What are things, just we don't have to go back and forth, but uh, things you would need wisdom for that you don't have a verse for. So go back to that slide I had about wisdom. Wisdom is the ability to know what to do when a decision is not clear biblically. So um, you'll always have people like, man, I just can't discern what God wants me to do. Um, You know, I'm really feeling led that he just wants me to get a divorce. And they'll say, I'm trying to discern this. Now, there are, there are three different scenarios, if, if, and I'm not going to get into that. It just, I opened up a can of worms. But anyway, they'll say, well, I just feel like God's leading me in this direction. Well, we could say, and we have a verse that God does not want that. Or I just am struggling, does God want me to go out and get drunk every weekend? I, don't, I can't discern, what does he want me to do? I can't discern, does God, you know, you feel we have verses. When you, when you don't have a verse, what do you do? When I don't have a verse with who I should have married. Didn't, nowhere in the Bible I find hope. Hope, Elizabeth, Joanne, Zagarella, 2000, I mean, met her 2014. Nowhere in the Bible does it say I'm supposed to marry Hope uh, from Florida, drive down there, come back up. What am I supposed to do? How do I know when it's obvious? If you ask God for wisdom, he will give it to you. When you don't have a verse, and this is probably the main application, I'll bring this up a few times tonight. When you don't have a verse for something, you have to know the heart of God when you don't have a verse from God. And the only way to know the heart of God is to know the word of God and his character. If you don't have a verse from God, you need to know the heart of God and are these types of decisions that God would lead me in. It says in Proverbs 4.18, that righteousness walks along the day and becomes brighter and brighter until full day. Just as the sun rises in the east, just as it comes up and eventually the daylight is clear, wisdom and the right decision, the longer you ask God, the, the more persistent you are and the more you actually believe, it will become more and more obvious. It's going to be clear. God, what do you want me to do? God, what do you want me to do? God, I I need help. What do you want me to do? It's going to be obvious. God does not play hide and seek with you. He doesn't play tricks with you. If you call out to him, it says in Matthew 7, if you knock, he will answer. If you seek, you will find that God wants to answer your questions about wisdom that you have, and he will make it so obvious, it will smack you in the face. It's the second way he does it. Wisdom often, number two, Um, comes from someone who knows you well enough. It says in Proverbs 11 and also in 16, I believe, that where there's no guidance, or 25, sorry, where there's no guidance, a people falls, but in the abundance of counselors, there is safety. Now, this always gets weird because who, who gets to be your abundance of counselors? Who gets to be them? You get to decide. You get to decide. It's gonna be Momo and Papa, 
Your grandma and grandpa? Is it going to be mom and dad? Is it going to be your roommate? Is it going to be your coworker? Is it going to be your pastor? Is it going to be your small group friend? Is it going to be someone here at church? Is it going to be someone, some bum you just met off the street? Is it going to be someone, uh, someone doing TikTok, a video that you watch? You're like, man, this is my counselor. You, you have, I am such on a TikTok. I, I don't even have one. I feel like I need to get one after tonight. Um, <laughs> anyway, it comes from someone who knows you well enough. And if you, and this is, this is a weakness I have. When I have a decision to make, what I'll do is I will over-ask. I'll over-ask. I'll take abundance of counselors, and I'll be like, all right, I got 15 meetings set up. I want to hear what they all got to say. Now, you ask 15 people for advice, guess what you're going to get? 15 different freaking things to do. I'll walk out of one, and I'm like, all right, I got peace about that. And then I'll go to the next one, and I'm like, which one's from God? You know, and I'll be like, they told me to go. They told me to stay. They told me to move. And you, here's what's cool about this, though. You get to decide who is going to have the authority to speak into your life. And here's what I have to say. They have to know you and your situation well enough. They have to know you. Someone who knows me is going to say, Mike, you have to quit thinking worst case scenario. You have to stop thinking how bad it's going to get. And God's always trying to discipline you. You have to stop thinking this way. Now, could God be speaking that way? Of course, he could be trying to bring the hammer down on you. I don't know. But someone has to know your situation well enough to say, hey, man, you do this every six months. <laughs> you're always trying to switch schools. Like, you get a bad grade, and you're thinking God's calling you overseas missions. Like, you have to have someone who knows you and your situation well enough. Uh, I, I'm going to hold off on that story. Uh, anyway, wisdom, I was, I'll, I'll, I'll share it here in a minute. Um, it comes from someone who knows you well enough. You need to decide, I've said this a few times in some of the friend series, who your counselors are going to be. And your friends are not, are not the voice of God. I heard a story today. Someone was telling their son, they were giving their son advice, and the guy who is a pastor was saying, God says this, and it was not a verse. It was just telling him something he wants him to do. Nobody, nobody holds that kind of authority, and there's actually an example of this with Jesus in John 21, 22. Um, Peter is having this conversation. Is it in this one or no? Um, John 21, 22. Um, Peter, Jesus is telling Peter to do something. He's giving him direct instructions. I want you to do this, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. You're going to go die as a martyr. Peter's walking along with Jesus having this conversation. He turns around and he's like, hey, what about this mug? And he looks at John. He says, is he going to die a martyr's death? And Jesus says this, if it is my will that he remains until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. The principle is this. No one can give the kind of advice saying, God is saying this to me to say to you, unless they have a verse. Make sense? So when you get wisdom from other people or advice from other people, you can't take their weight as this is exactly direction how God wants me to do this. This is what he wants me to do. You can't take, you get to decide who gets this kind of authority and you get to decide where it comes from. Number three, wisdom often, like I said, it's weird because it's a proverb, not a promise. Wisdom often um, avoided is costly. And this is long, but we're going to stay in it. I'm getting better. How long, and this is, goes on in chapter, 20, chapter one. 
How long will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? If you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. This is so important. Because I have called and you refuse to listen, have stretched out my hand and no one has heeded, because you have ignored all my counsel and would have none of my reproof, I will also laugh at your calamity. I will mock when terror strikes you. When terror strikes you like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you, then they will come upon me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but will not find me. Because, this is why, they hated the knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, would have none of my counsel and despised all my reproof. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their way and have their fill in their own devices. Just a rabbit trail side. The guy who wrote the song Amazing Grace was actually on a ship and it was a sea storm and he was uh, running away from a sense that he felt God was calling him. God was trying to speak to him. He was in this storm and he ran and found a Bible, opened it up and read Proverbs 1 and he trusted Christ as Savior, got saved and he wrote the song Amazing Grace right after this because it was talking about whirlwind and distress and things like that and the storm. Just a, just a fun story. Anyway, Wisdom often, if you avoid it, it's costly. And here's why I, I say this. This is so tricky and difficult, and none of you will have the authority to speak this into someone else's life. This is something you'll only know to discern in your own, and you usually can't even do that. You only know after the fact. So there are two things called um, unsolicited advice versus pursued advice. Now, how many of you enjoy getting unsolicited advice? Yeah, man, me either. I hate it. Like, when someone comes up and says, hey, I just want to, I, I just feel like I need to tell you something. You are super prideful. What are you talking about? I just want to tell you something. I don't think you should be dating that person. I don't remember asking you. Right? Unsolicited advice. And then there's pursued advice. Pursued advice. When you go to someone, you say, hey, what do you think? Man, if I could ask, to come back to the illustration of my grandpa, that question, I would just die to be able to say, hey, what do you think? What do you think? What do you, what do you think about this? Just tell me what you think. Unsolicited advice, here's what happens when people, go back to Proverbs 1, or the, yeah, the big slide with all the verses. Um, when people give you unsolicited advice, here's what happens. Your heart starts to get hard. And unknowingly, you allow someone to put you in a position where the Bible talks about two different things. There's, and there's the, there's the active discipline or active wrath. It's in Hebrews 12, 6, that God disciplines his children, means he spanks, he corrects, he teaches you, reproves you. He does so only because he loves you and has a purpose for your life, just like you would for your kids and you love them. And Romans 1, 24 talks about passive wrath, how God gives them up to a debased mind, that after a certain amount of time, because I have called and you refuse to listen, have stretched out my hand and no one's heeded me, because you've ignored all my counsel, I will mock when terror strikes you. I will, I will laugh at your calamity. And, and when, when, in other words, when things get bad, don't come crying out for wisdom. If you've ignored wisdom, if you've ignored God, and then life starts to suck, don't say, God, why have you brought me here? Say, 
man, I should have went to God sooner. When things get really hard, avoid, if you avoid wisdom, it's very costly. If you avoid wisdom from God, the, the, the hard part is God may say, you got to go through this because you started it without me. You got to go through the valley because you didn't even bring me through it when you were about to step into this. You didn't ask me. You didn't approach me. You didn't ask any of my advice. Avoided is costly. My dad gave me unsolicited advice probably most of my life, which was fine. One of the more, and some of you, some of you know this story, but I just have to share it. I'm not going to get in the major details, but um, I had dated a girl. This was before my wife, um, and I had brought her home. Uh, we had met at school, brought her home, and about I mean, she was there for probably an hour, and then she, we had left, and we were going somewhere else later that night. Um, <clears throat> my dad said, hey, Mike, she's not the one. Yeah, she is. And I, I remember I was like, why are you saying that? He's like, she ain't the one, buddy. She ain't the one. And I was like, why? And he had a few examples for me. Well, I had ended up moving her, she had lived in Florida, ironically, moved her up here to live with my uh, brother and his family, and just while we were dating, and she had moved up here for three months. It was the most miserable three months of my entire life. It was absolutely awful, everything about it was terrible, constant fighting, never getting along, constant bickering, and then afterwards, I told my dad, I was like, hey, I gotta, we're breaking up, I gotta you know, send her home, or I had to drive her home, and things like that, you know, 16-hour drive, that was fun, and so I drove her home, and I remember after the fact, when I got home, having the conversation with my dad, he didn't rub it in my face, he didn't say anything, he just said, hey, I knew she wasn't the one. Avoided is costly. Now, I needed to learn a lesson, it was from my dad, I had to have that, I had to have that conversation, but when wisdom comes our way, whether it is unsolicited advice or pursued advice, you need to say, man, how can I turn my critics into coaches? How can, whatever is being said, whatever is being said, even if it's from someone you don't like, someone who thinks different than you, someone who's from a different, you fill in the blank, you got to say, man, is there any truth to this? Especially if they know me well. And typically, the people who know you the best can see the most clearly into a situation and the ones you hate hearing from the most, right? It's the ones who are family members or longtime friends. It's when that wisdom comes your way. But avoided, it can be very, very costly. Number four is rooted in God's word. Chapter two, it says this, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. It says in Psalm 110.10 that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's where it starts. That's I mean, that's, that is where it starts. You don't move on from that. It's fearing God. It's understanding he is holy. I am not in saying I will submit to his authority. That's step one. It says in Proverbs 8.13, fearing God is hating pride, arrogance, and the way of evil. If fearing God is the beginning of wisdom, and then wisdom, or fearing God, is hating pride, arrogance, and the way of evil, it first starts with hating that in myself. I have to say, 
if I, if I want to hear a word from God, I need to get in the word of God. If I need to find, if I don't have a verse for my situation, I got to say, what is God's heart for this, these types of situations? If you call out for wisdom, he will give it generously to all. He does not withhold back. And a lot of you don't know what to do for your situations. You feel stuck. You feel broken. You feel misunderstood because you haven't taken even 30 seconds to say, God, what do you think? What do you think I should do? Make it clear to me. Make it obvious to me. God, make it to where I can't miss this. Because if I do this on my own, I will miss it and I will mess up. And you are in the most formative years of your life. You're making the biggest decisions you've ever made. You don't know how to make them. No one's coached you on how to make them. And the only person who truly knows exactly what God's will is for your life is guess who? God. Yeah, it, it truly is God. So you have, it's rooted in God's word. And like I said when I started, if you don't have a verse from God, you have to know the heart of God. And you have to know the word of God to know the heart of God. It's going to be rooted in his word. And if I don't know God's heart, I don't want to trust him. I think he's not out for my good. But it's often, it's going to come from God's word. And number five, wisdom often is confirmed by the spirit of God. Now I'm jumping out of Proverbs, 1 Corinthians 2. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given, given to us by God. And we impart this in the words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept the things of the spirit of God, for they are folly to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. There is so much to be said, but I'll stay in the time frame we have. Um, the spiritual things is not like this weird mystical thing. It's when God's word and others and, your, and peace in your heart all line up. It says in Colossians 3, I think it's this one, 15 and 16. And let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, hearts, indeed in which you were called to one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. When it says the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, it's using the term talking about a king and a kingdom. Let him set up shop in your heart. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. God, I have no idea what to do. I don't know what to pray. It says in Romans 8.28, I don't know, 8.26, I, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to pray. I feel lost. I feel confused. I don't know who to talk to. I have no direction. I need peace. I need help from you. It says in Romans 8 that his spirit bears witness with our spirit, that we are the children of God. If you have a right relationship with God, you will want what God wants. You'll want what he wants. And you'll want to go to him for advice that is from God. When, go back to the previous verse, 1 Corinthians 2, the natural things or the natural person doesn't accept the Spirit of God. Um, Sunday I got done preaching uh, and I was talking about stealing and talking about the thief on the cross. There's two men, one thief on Jesus' left, one thief on Jesus' right, talking about one of them understood his spiritual need for God 
and ended up hearing from Jesus, today you will be with me in paradise. What a promise. What a promise. Breathes his last breath, bam, that guy got to heaven. The natural person sits there and says, I don't need God. Had someone talk to me later and they said, I would like to be the thief on the cross. I would like to wait. I don't want to give my life to Christ now. I don't want to follow Christ now. I would like to wait. The problem with that is, like we talked about in Proverbs 1, when you cry out, sometimes it'll say, I will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when terror strikes you. Passive wrath. That God will let you go through something because you didn't come to him before the situation. When you are seeking wisdom confirmed by the Spirit of God, you will have some sense of peace. There are some times when someone's going through a situation, and I'll share this story, they were making a big faith, trust move, big decision. They are naturally anxious people. The guy was moving states to to do what he believed God was calling him to do. The night before, he had a panic attack, literally panic attack, had to call, ambulance, come. I mean, it was crazy. Not because he wasn't doing God's will, it was because the first time he had ever took took a step of faith. And he had never done anything like that. And after the fact, he didn't know he was making the right decision. He said, it was confirmed by the Spirit of God, the Word of God, the people of God. I was making the right choice. I just had a panic attack. Now, that's a tough way to learn. I mean, you ask me, I just let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, man. I mean, naturally anxious. For a lot of us, when I talk about peace, you don't even know what peace feels like. You don't even know how to, how to categorize it. Maybe you've never made a decision that you needed peace or decisions have been made for you so you didn't need to cry out to God for peace. If you cry out to God, he will give you peace about the decision you have. I want to finish up with the most important decision that you could ever make. Wisdom often, or I should say only, I would cross that out, only is found in Jesus. It says in 1 Corinthians 1, And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption, so that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. It says in Matthew 12, 42, Jesus says this, The queen of the south will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon, like I told you when we started. And behold, something greater than Solomon is here. If you are seeking wisdom apart from Jesus, you get to a dead end. Literally, you could get to the end of your life in the pursuit of knowledge and wisdom and experience and and just in pursuit, and you will fall short and you will become old, depressed. You will all your knowledge will leave you short. And in Ecclesiastes one two, the same man we were talking about, Solomon. It should be in there, Ecclesiastes 1-2, says, meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher, utterly meaningless, everything is meaningless. The guy had everything, everything, was short of nothing, pleasure, experiences, wisdom, money, people, fame, you fill in the blank. And Ecclesiastes is my favorite book. I'd love to teach it again just for myself, for fun. I'd like to teach it once a year. But anyway, he gets to the end of his life and he says, man, everything sucks. Everything just sucks. My friends, my family, my pursuit, I did everything and it got me nowhere. And why was that? He was pursuing to get things from God without actually following God. That behold, Jesus says, something greater than Solomon is here. 
If you've yet to accept Christ as Savior, that is the starting point to find the wisdom of God. You can't know God's will for your life or God's wisdom in your life unless you have a relationship with God. And that's where it starts. Let me pray for you guys. Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, for tonight. We thank you for the book of Proverbs and truly the, the wisdom that we get to learn from Solomon. And wisdom is always better learned from someone else's mistakes. But often our, our hard-headedness um, doesn't allow us to do so, that we need to learn through our own bad experiences and bad decisions. Would you give us the eyes to see, the people to talk to, the pursuit of your word to listen to you so that we would not make the same mistake over and that you would save us from some mistakes and make the right decision. God, we thank you for this evening. We thank you for blessing us and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.